not celery because it's not fibery enough. Is it broccoli stems? <laughs> it's not broccoli stems then. No. Damn, when it's so crunchy and green and vibrant. There's vegetal. <laughs> Hold on. You can taste color? Yeah. Hey everyone, I'm Derek Fox and you're watching A Bunch of Losers. Adrian is my guest today, runner-up from season two of MasterChef. We discuss losing big and coming back for more, the private chef industry, unspoken rules of being a chef, and so much more. And we definitely test his palate with the notorious blind taste test. Let's go, loser. Adrian, what's up, dude? Just chilling. Happy to be back in California. How yeah, about well, you? Welcome back. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, welcome to a bunch of losers. <laughs> I love this, by the way. This is awesome. Thank you. It's really coming together. It's oh. it's starting to take its own shape and its own form. Um, getting all kinds of different people. I had a, a you're my third interview today. Sweet. And a drag queen on, and then I had a uh, a girl from Survivor. Drag queen like RuPaul. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like all right. From RuPaul's Drag Race, my second one. All right. Yeah. And Survivor, that's awesome. Yeah, wild. Um, so you know, you you and I have uh something in common. <laughs> a couple things. Pretty recently too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Quite a bit. Jesus. Uh, so you were runner up, Master Chef season two, olden days. Yeah. Before like social, like before social media, was Facebook even around? I didn't even. <laughs> I didn't even have an Instagram. Yeah. I got off and everyone was like, dude, you need to like set up an Instagram. I was like, I already have Facebook. What do I need Instagram for? I had no Aww. idea. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. You like just got one like a week ago. Yeah. Uh, Very new. I have, you're my only follower. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it's important now for us in the food business. It's almost more important than our resume. It's like your portfolio. Yeah. People are like, well, I want to see what you're about. They want to, yeah. you know, it's like, just send me that. Just, I don't want to read all the other stuff. Send me that. But that's like, which, what's so crazy is like, people are making decisions on their chef based off of what they're putting on Instagram when there are chefs out there that post other people's food and get jobs and then show up and can't perform. It's, it's part of the hustle. It's almost like Tinder, right? Yeah. You know, and you go on a bad Tinder day and you're like, this isn't what I was expecting. It's like the similar thing with the chef thing. You're I think. right. I think people just, they see like a good image and like, oh, it looks cool. And then it it's, shows up and you're like, this is not what I, uh. It's like you can catfish people with your food. <laughs> That's exactly what it I'm is. I catfish you with my catfish. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, man. And it's, dude, and it's, it's burned me a couple times. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, how do you mean what happened with you? Oh, I mean, you know, hiring a chef that uh, is not capable. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, I, this, this one girl had uh, come support me and, you know, I realized that she, uh, you know, she was posted the food that she was posting, the reason that i picked her mm-hmm. was not her food and you know and like i look i get it like you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do to get the job but like you gotta... i think i think i remember this i think i you know who you're talking about and like but she like cooks with other people and she's sharing other people's yeah. food all, all over her stuff all over her stuff like it's yeah. hers and then when she like does the tag she does it so small that you don't see it or she'll go oh i forgot to tag you i'm mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. And then it's like, and then my other chef buddy called me up, you know, Johnny, he calls me up, he's like, yeah. dude, this is what, and I was like, I know, it's fucked. <laughs> How are you going to go run around town posting other people's food? And, well, and then weren't you telling me that she was, uh, while you were cooking, she barely even did anything, she was just like taking pictures of everything, like just pretty much. 
stories all day, just not even really doing anything. Yeah. Just <laughs> getting yeah. overpaid. <laughs> That's this thing with the, with the whole chef thing, like, why I don't like to call myself a chef, why I don't like to wear a chef coat, because I think, like, a lot of people are just doing that nowadays. I mean, we know someone in common, we're not going to name names here, but, like, that's... <laughs> That's, it's just pretty much bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, look, hey, I put this chef coat on. I'm a chef. You know? Yeah. Well, and look, and that person, like, that person tried to do Master Chef. And, but then when, when you're removed enough, you can be like, yeah, I was on Master Chef. <laughs> and that's all people need to hear. Yeah. yeah. Like, you didn't get an apron, didn't make it all the way to the finale, didn't go and spend, countless yeah countless hours trying to per- perfect your craft so you can actually hold up to the shit that people think you are no training no paid dues yeah just a little twinkle in the smile like yeah and then serving canned food <laughs> yeah it's really bad dude served canned chili well i told you about the bloody oyster right no oh my god so one gig i did to help him out Long story short, they wanted, he's like, how good are you at sushi? How good are you at like this and that? And I was like, oh, I could, I'm pretty good at uh, some hand rolls and some, you know, cut rolls. I was like, Nigiri needs some work. I was like, that that's a craft. Like that takes a long time, dude. And trying to, you know, but it's his show. So I'm just kind of going with it. And I was like, I'll, I'll do my best. And he shows up with like these bazooka sushi makers. I don't know if you've seen them. You like basically stuff everything in there and then like you press it down and you like shove it out. It looks very gross and phallic too. It's very, it's really, it's like sex toy stuff. It's weird. Uh, um, but on the way there, he's like, ah, how good are you at shucking oysters? I'm like, I fucking, I'm the best. I could do that shit right now. Yeah. Um, but I didn't bring, he didn't tell me I didn't bring a shucker. Ne- neither did he. He said that he did it with a fucking vegetable peeler. <laughs> and then he put it on his stories. And I was like, okay, maybe you got lucky. I don't know. So he's trying to do it. We get there. It doesn't work. Uh, I find a cheese knife, like a real kind of blunt route cheese knife. And it's working, but it's hard. It's taking for a while. I was like, hey, chef, uh, you know, this will take a little bit, but I think I got it. So he busts out a paring knife. And yeah, and he, in my mind, I'm like, this is going to be bad. This is going to be so awful. And I tell him, I was like, chef, you're going you're gonna to cut yourself. I don't think you should you do that. You told him. Yeah. It's like, you're going to cut yourself. I don't think you should do it. It's going to be really bad. So inevitably, like pretty quick into it, he does. Luckily, it's not bad, but it is bleeding. And we're at the sink. And like I'm, he's like trying to kind of like pop it. He's never even cleaned them or anything, so he's like handing them to me to finish and clean or whatever. I see. How does he charge what he charges? And he can't even. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And we have these lovely women on the other side. We're at an island, right? They're watching you. They're they're like they could see. I know they could see us. And we're in front of this sink, and I'm thinking, this is it. This is how it goes down for me. Like, everything's over for me because of this association. Because I'm seeing his hand, and blood is trickling down. Like, a long... And he's still, like, trying to open the oyster? And I'm like, chef, wash your hands, put some gloves on, like, let me take over, just... Get the fuck out. I'm waiting for these women to be like, ah, like, you know, I don't want to eat, you know what I mean? Like, we're already trusting of people (sighs) to be clean, and but yeah, that was horrible. So did he bleed into the oysters? Well, let's just say that when he handed me the oysters, um, he put them on my towel, and I did my best to like clean it up. Luckily, the oyster itself was coming out of the shell and into a cup. He was doing like a some kind shooter. of oyster shooter, uh, but on my towel, there was little residual drops of blood here and there. I was just I was very uncomfortable. I was talking to his like helpers. I'm like, hey, 
I don't know if we should serve this. Like, what is it like working with this person? And everyone's just so, I don't know, kind of afraid of him or something. He just, he puts off that persona and, uh, yeah, no one, no one said anything. No one. And I, Dude, I didn't know what to do. The, it was more like, I learn, the, the more I learn about this guy, like, it's like the, it's like, um, this fucking, uh, chef Mikey. Hmm. Did I ever tell you about this guy? I think I remember a little bit about him. Like I had a he was like, going around your back, right? He was going behind my back trying to land one of my clients. And I'm like, dude, I'm place I'll place you with a client. Like if I have a client calls me once a chef, I like I'll place you. And I told him that I have a client that's going to be needing a chef. Mm-hmm. And if he does well in this other gig, I'll hook him up. But he's got to prove himself. Right. Well, he did terrible. He didn't prove himself. Yeah. And so I was, you know, I was like, there's no way I'm hooking him up with this other gig. Mm -hmm. But he figured out who it was and went behind my back and tried to get it. And then I started hearing all this other stuff about these uh, other chefs that he's worked with and these other other clients that he's worked with and threatening people and i'm like no i'm done with this i'm like i'm i i draw a line like there's certain things where i'm like okay well he'll run himself out and then there's people like who we've been discussing who keep who are surviving in the industry and burning burning all of us along the way Mm -hmm. and when making us look like them making us not only look like them but also lessening our value because If he's their first experience of a private chef, then they're that's all they're going to know. Right. And so then they might be scared to go with a private chef or they don't want to pay as much money anymore for a good private chef. It's like all the etiquette that I've learned, mm-hmm. all the time that I've put in to becoming the private chef that I am that can do what I do at the drop of a hat for whatever client, mm-hmm. these guys are burning that. And, and that's not cool. So once I realized... And now hearing this story about him, it's like, I want to go shut it down. Yeah. And I did with the other the other dude. Yeah. I went to all the Facebook groups and I said, you have to remove this guy. This is what he's doing. Yeah. And it's not, I'm, and, and I'm not cool with cancel culture either. Yeah. But when you, I and I'm not putting him. You don't want to be the person to bring him down like that and put him on blast on social media. But it's like. But there's a certain point where it's like, yeah. yo, you're, you're doing harm to the industry mm-hmm. that we're working in. And you're doing harm to your clients and you're lying to them. And it's like, okay, there has to, we have to draw a line. Yep. But it's like, you would get fired from your job if, if that was your job and this is how you were acting, you right. would be fired. So mm-hmm. I look at it as like, or we, if you were underqualified and they found right, out, we have to be kind of our own HR group, mm-hmm. right? We have to talk to each other. We have to work together. We have to say, Hey, this client is this, this is how you manage this client because no one stays with their client forever. I mean, there's a small few that do, right. but we, we bounce around or we help each other out. And it's like, we got to keep logs on these clients that we work for. And we have to keep logs on the chefs that we've used. Yeah. And if these chefs are going out and abusing, you know, the program yeah. it's like we gotta shut it down it's just, it's like well, how do you do like a polite ego check you know what i mean it's almost like you gotta be like hey dude let's go have a drink because i gotta talk some shit and it's gonna be to your face because like at the end the worst part is at the end of that whole oyster thing all the sushi thing is is the ego we yeah. get in the car and he's like you know what sushi is not that hard oh it's like <laughs> it's you just, fucking it's like, asshole it's like you didn't one you didn't even make any yeah. use microwavable sushi rice like 
all this stuff. It's like what? Yeah, and so this is kind of what I mean. Is so, so some like there's all these right people in coats walking around thinking. Here's the thing. You know? I, I feel like now more than ever, everyone's just so scared to talk and say what they're thinking, what mm-hmm. they're feeling, because they are afraid. They are afraid the of repercussions. The, the repercussions, losing their job, whatever, whatever. And we have, and I can say that there was a moment in my life where I was playing drums. I thought I was the fucking shit. I thought that my band was the best band ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're going to be platinum recording artists one day. Right. And my band came to me before we were doing our next album. And they're like, Derek, you suck at the drums. <laughs> they straight yeah. up said, they're like, it, you have three months or we have to find a new drummer. Holy shit. And I was like, dude, that was the most humbling like smack in the face. Because I was like, these are my best friends. Yeah. And they're just, they're coming to me telling me I suck. Almost like an intervention, huh? It was an intervention. It really was. It was like, I pulled up the band practice. I walked in. I was like, yo, what's up? And they're like, we have to talk. Oh, and I was shit. like. So what did you, so you went hard for three months. You just practiced, Dude, practice, I was practice. like, I was like, oh, I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. It, it was that. It was like, there was no answer, but okay. Mm-hmm. And I packed my drums up and I went home and dude, no joke, I, like I put on Taking Back Sunday, Newfound Glory, Paramore, Blink-182. I put on just all my favorite music and I just learned to play all those albums front to back, back to front. And was just like, why does it work? Right. Why are they doing what they're doing? Why are they doing the fills in the place that they're doing the fills? Why are they doing? And it was like, okay, cool. And then like, they were like, all right, I hit them up. And I was like, guys can I have, you know, a shot? And they were like, yeah, let's go. And then I showed up and then they were like, fuck, we're not good. (laughs) And it was like, now it was like, okay. So if like, but then I also learned in that moment, like if I'm doing well Mm -hmm. and I'm the worst team member, then we have a great team. Right. And I like, I always want to be on the team where I'm the worst teammate, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like we're least talented is what I should say. Because, because I know like everything I do, I push myself. I want to be good, great, or the best at whatever I'm doing. But I also understand that like the only way to evaluate that is to be around other people that are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so I just like, I like to land on the team where, yeah, I'm not the best because then when I leave that team, I'm better right. because I've learned from people that are better than me. Yeah, but yeah, it was that humbling moment where someone came to me and was like, "Dude, you suck," <laughs> and it was a friend. Yeah, and like I feel like with this person, like if if like we coming want... from us, I don't think it would hit the same. I think it would. You think so? I think if you and I went to him, we're like, "Dude, like we see," because I, I feel like somebody that is doing like putting the effort in that he's doing like that has to be potential right Right. yeah and it's like is there a way to make this person better or someone that we can respect in the in the profession yeah and do we want that yeah and because it's about mentorship i mean you're right it's like could but could we be friends with him could we say hey man like i know we know each other because we're we're in the private chef industry and you know this master chef thing yeah this whole like circus that we're in Mm -hmm. but what you're doing the corners that you're cutting and the things that you're doing and the way that you're acting it's cringe dude Mm. and like (laughs) it's like yeah can we help you yeah and and to clear this up i think what you're getting at too i think where the concern on our end is not like 
it's like because you at the end of the day we're we're we're, it's, we're hospitality. Yeah. We're trying to make someone's like just everyday meal special, make them feel good about their. They've, maybe they've had a hard day, whatever it is. They're celebrating something, and you know that when you do that, you're trying to be as as clean as organized, make it as special for them as possible. And I think it's hard when you see someone else not doing that, and then you know what they're charging and what, and what the client is experiencing. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's I think that's what's the angst about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Is at the end of the day. We're doing this not to make a living and it's our passion, but we're trying to make people happy. Yeah. And if you see people then it's like Yeah. I mean, I, I see it and like and and happy making the client happy is is definitely important. But also at the end of the day, it's food. Everyone has to eat. And it's mm-hmm. like the next day they're gonna be eating something else and they'll forget about what they ate the day before. Yeah. So I look at it as someone that is taking advantage of the industry. And that is what bugs me. It's like knowing how much he's getting paid mm-hmm. for microwaving sushi <laughs> rice. Yeah. For yeah. taking food out of a can and putting it and heating it up. Mm-hmm. Like. It's the industry, man. There's a lot of. Uh... Like I like obviously baking is its own science. I'll have a box cake stuck somewhere just in case. Yeah. If something happens, there's certain things like pancake mix because it's just already you know mixed flour and it's baking pa- whatever. Pancake mix in the box is the same as if I put it all together. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, but it's like, but that's also not even. But that's that's a corner that is kind of acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's you get green lights on certain things, especially if you're in a hurry. Yeah. Or you know you got you're cooking for sixteen people breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and there's only one of you. Yeah. But you don't do canned soup. Mm-mm. You don't. Do, you don't microwave anything. No. <laughs> microwave sushi. You just. You know. The only thing the I. Right the only thing I use the microwave for is melting chocolate or butter, <laughs> or butter. Yeah. Because I just I have all the other burners full. Well, so here's another chef topic that I thought you would find. I wanted to get your opinion on and just see what you know whoever's listening what what they think because it's it's you know when like something food happens in a in a in a community right like it just all over the internet goes viral whatever so there's a chef in dallas um he started off can't we don't know like it's coming out we just don't know much of his history long story short he ended up in dallas i went to eat his food it was it was it was pretty it was well executed it tasted good it was you know a lot of cool concepts this was at a restaurant uh, at a pop-up now he's at a fixed brick and mortar it's like one of the only new restaurants to get like five stars on forbes or something or other in their first year um it's almost $200 a person to start, like, tasting menu. Um, he started, like, by saying that he had worked at all these really reputable, well-known, high-end restaurants, mostly in New York. And this article came out, and it's like, we searched. I don't even, and it's interesting, because now everyone's like, well, why did this blogger, now writer for the morning news, come out of nowhere to put this guy on blast? But he did. He's like, I call these places, I talk to people. No one's ever heard of the guy. So now it's like caused this kind of rift and like I've had friends calling, do you see this? What do you think? And you know, it's like pretty much if your industry, they're like, well, he could have gone in for a day, but he would have just been like cleaning vegetables. You know, a lot of those, they wouldn't know his name. They wouldn't know his name. A lot of the restaurants get free labor. Yeah. But in that situation, me personally, I wouldn't go bragging that I worked there. I might tell you, you know, I went into this three Michelin star place and cleaned some mushrooms, you know, cool. Whatever. I mean, I brag about some of my stages, but I brag about the things that I did there. Like I, clean the floor with a magic eraser at Somni, which is a two Michelin star <laughs> restaurant. And the first thing I did, I walked in and the chef was like, here. And he 
I mean, Chef Vitor Zavala. Like, I mean, the dude is a mad scientist. Right. Hands me a magic eraser. But you were there for months, right? No, I was there for one night. I got one night only, and they don't accept stages. Oh, shit. And they gave me one. Because I went, I first I went and bought dinner there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then the maitre d' came out, and I was like, this is awesome. And I was like, can I please, please? And he was like, he was like, we'll work something out. And he gave me his email, and I emailed him, and they let me come. And dude, by the end of the night, though, I was standing literally next to a tour. Like I was proved myself enough that they let me plate dishes in a fucking two Michelin star, 18, 20 course dinner. Like they were letting me plate and everyone's got a, you know, everyone's got one ingredient and you're all lined up and you're going in this rotation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and then towards the end of the night, I saw, I saw these hands come in and they were all tatted up. And I just like looked over and it was him. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like literally standing next to him, plating his food. And he's like approving it. He's like, this is good enough. And I've watched and I watched him tell other people that are on his staff, like kick them off the line because they weren't doing it right. Right. And I'm like, wow. But like, and that was one day. I, dude, I told him, I was like, I'll come back every day for free. He's right. like, well, we can't do that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> well, see, and that that's, I mean, I can relate to that. And I think that's a fucking dope story. And then you're telling me, and we're talking about it on our podcast, but right. let me ask you this. Would you use that story to, like, if you were going to open up a brick and mortar, would you put that on, like, you know, former, uh, formerly of? I would not put formerly of. Yeah. You know, I, I would n- not say that at all. If I'm opening a brick and if I'm honestly, if I'm opening a brick and mortar, I want people to know the least about where I've been because I want the food to speak for itself. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, if this guy's food is amazing and everyone likes it, where, where why does it matter where he came from? Yeah. It's interesting to get your opinion because that's, yeah, that's the, the internet's torn. Like all the people that are not in the industry, they got his back. They're like, well, see, food speaks for itself. And I'm, I'm also torn too because I also come from the mindset that like, if you're getting to the final product and the final product is amazing, mm-hmm. it doesn't it, it doesn't necessarily matter how you got there. Like for instance, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of old school methods that can be sped up new school. For instance, like like if you want to do a quick pickle in a chamber vacuum, right? Like you marinating can, all that kind of stuff. marinating in a chamber vacuum. I can get a twenty-four hour marinade done in a half an hour in a chamber vacuum. Mm-hmm. Why would I not use that? Right. You know, I just bought myself twenty-three and a half hours. Smarter, not harder. Right. <laughs> and some chefs like scoff at that. They're like, you know, that's not a. And it's like it is, and it's actually better because it's penetrating deeper because we're opening up the 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 muscle and yeah. getting the you know marinade in deeper uh you know stuff like that and like the the molecular stuff now like you know i mean Ferran adria comes up with a microwave cake that's dope and he uses it in a certain way and it's amazing but then like then gordon ramsay tells you why why are you doing that right <laughs> and then to come find out that gordon one of gordon's restaurants does do. the microwave cake <laughs> it's like yeah you know like yeah. so i, I I'm a fan of if the food is solid, I don't care how you get there as long as it's not pre-packaged, pre-made. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's pre-packaged, pre-made, that's not your food. Yeah. But I'm with you too on, the, you know, the smarter, like, time saver. Like, I had a friend. Um, he's got this cool spot that opened up in San Francisco. Very talented guy. Uh, formerly of Saison. He was like, and he was there. He was like one of the guys, and he was there to help him get their second star back in the day. And he was telling me that... Um, he was in Mexico City, you know, kind of eating and staging. And he went to this one. I can't remember the name of the place at the moment, but 
Michelin star, like one of the best, but not Pujol, but up there. Um, and they are like, here's this recipe, go make that. And it called for like aioli or mayo or something. And so he's down there trying to gather all the ingredients it's downstairs and the walk-in. And he's down there for a while. So someone comes like, where are you at? And he's like, well, I'm trying to get all the stuff to make aioli to make this mayo. There's no recipe for it. So I was going to make one up. And they just like gave him a jar of Hellman's or whatever it was. Right. Koopy. And he was just like, oh, it opened up his mind. He's like, oh, this recipe is actually so much more important than the mayo part. Like, I don't need to make right. the mayo here for this. That's right. Irrelevant. Well, it's also in a restaurant. It's it's the dollars and cents and the time. It's like, it, like for instance, like, you know, is does this restaurant need to have house-made barbecue sauce? Or is is the menu item so you know, nonchalant that you could just order barbecue sauce. Like that's, I think that's what a lot of chefs also struggle with because it's, you know, if you are going to make your own barbecue sauce, you have to have all the ingredients in stock all the time. Mm -hmm. You have to have the recipe. All the cooks have to follow it. That barbecue sauce takes X X amount of time to make. Mm -hmm. So that's labor cost. And does that labor cost and flavor, does a flavor uh, like, worth the labor cost right or can you offset it by just buy it's like yeah. that's the hard part yeah that's the, bar- the part i love about the private chef world <laughs> you don't have to do that yeah it's like if you want to do everything from scratch mm-hmm. you can yeah. like and i i do for the most part i mean everything i mean i make i make my clients ketchup i make all the dressings like mm-hmm. and it's funny because sometimes I, I i don't tell them and I just assume that they think I make everything from scratch. But then like one day she was like, where did you get this dressing? And I was like, oh, I made it. Mm-hmm. She goes, oh, it's really good. And I'm like, <laughs> you thought I bought that? Like, I don't know. Like it just, but that's just perception of the, right. of the gig. Right. Yeah. But like, but now, you know, when you have chefs, like we've discussed that are buying everything and just warming it up mm-hmm. and then collecting a paycheck, like they've, made everything from scratch mm-hmm. it's like okay now i have to tell my client that i made the hamburger bun from scratch because <laughs> i do yeah um, uh, she's gluten-free and there's not good gluten-free hamburger buns out there so yeah. i make it i do have backups where if i run out of time or the it doesn't rise or whatever then i'll use those but right. my first you have to pivot yeah you gotta do yeah what you gotta do. yeah you gotta pivot but my first goal is not to go to the store and buy the can and heat it up yeah you know so how's all the master chef stuff going for you so far since i didn't uh <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a loser <laughs> bro uh i think we should share we should share with people one first of all i mean i watched every episode of master chef before i auditioned for season six so mm-hmm. i mean i watched you like you were awesome and thank you sir <laughs> it's, it's so wild and then like so much time went between watching you excuse me and then when i made it on and i went just as far as you mm-hmm. you know and made it to the fucking end and they didn't say our name right that still haunts me yeah it was know? it was uh i want to know how it was for you when the when the, all the confetti came down but for me i remember it being like super freaking awkward Cause I'm just like I'm like God I want this so bad God I put everything into it family you know family's there it's like a big old thing the money just the win everything just you put your heart everything blood sweat tears 
and then they say the other name and then and then they don't but they don't give you any direction of what you're supposed yeah, no, to do no so i'm just kind of like clapping and standing there and luckily they cut away real fast but i was there for a solid like i don't know it felt like forever really and i was like where do i go like yeah. where, like <laughs> i see and they're spraying the other person with champagne, champagne right and, it's like all of a sudden like you you don't exist yeah. close the door uh yeah i i cried definitely like i had a lot of because yeah i mean you want it so bad Mm -hmm. it's all i wanted also like when i when i showed up for master chef when i auditioned i had just i had just lost my job i was not in my band anymore like i had i was like purging like everything was being purged out of my life not at my will Mm -hmm. like it was like i was losing everything yeah i had no money i would and when when I got the when I auditioned and I got accepted and they were like, we need X amount of dishes from you. They were like, we need four dishes for you to submit. And this was because like you know like then you have your audition dish and they tell you we want you to do this one so it pairs up. Well, I didn't have the money to go buy food and demo recipes and so I, I like made these recipes up in my head and I called my friends and I was like, hey, mm-hmm. you guys want to come over and do a dinner night? If you guys bring the ingredients, I'll cook. And that was that way you can at least try. That was my way. I was like, someone, I got to get somebody else to pay for this food. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also can't tell them why. (laughs) (laughs) I just want, I feel like cooking for you. I feel like cooking for you guys. Come (laughs) over, just bring the food. And they were like, what? So, uh, yeah, I sadly had to manipulate my friends into thinking that I really wanted to cook for them. (laughs) I'm sure they were happy at the end when they they ate the food. it It was fun. I love cooking for my friends. Uh, but now I love it more because it, uh, like I can afford it and like it yeah. doesn't like I'm not worried about like the cost of the food anymore. And yeah. and I just like to share my talent. And it's like I can relate to that a lot, too. My yeah. favorite is introducing my friends, especially the where I come from, you know, Oxnard, California. It's funny. It's like a lot of the best produce in the country comes from these different parts of California. And that's one of them. And we're still in this kind of food desert, even though we're in between LA and Santa Barbara, it's, it's getting better all the time, but still whatever. So it's really fun when I'm like, Hey, try this uni or like, Hey, have some caviar, you know, or yeah. like they only see truffles on these cooking shows that, and that, that's super fun to me to see their reaction of that, that yeah. this thing that they've perceived is so luxurious and maybe never would have had, or that they have like, they're a little trepidatious about, you know, like, oh, yeah. that sounds gross. Yeah. But or like also changing people's minds about food. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I mean, I, I may have told this story on here before, but I tell the story a lot because, it, I mean, it sticks in my head. But, like, I was cooking for, I was doing these dinners, traveling around after MasterChef. And this client booked me down in Florida, and there were, like, ten of them sitting at the counter. And I wasn't comfortable enough to, like, do a beef wellington for anyone because just the traveling aspect mm-hmm. of it. And it, it was just, like... It's a lot, and I don't know what people's ovens temperatures are like, and every oven's different. And I'm, oh, yeah. you know, it's challenging. So, but I, because I did the puff pastry cage in the finale, I was like, well, I'll do a deconstructed Wellington. I'll use my puff pastry cage. So I still did the mushroom duck cell, but it's not like appealing. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't look pretty. So I, I would put it under the steak, and I would just set the steak on top of it, and the sauce, and the, oh, the whole thing. I put the cage over it, and this guy's li- sitting there eating this dish and telling me how much he hates mushrooms he's like i hate mushrooms like i can't eat them blah 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 blah. that's my favorite and then he's like he's like 
By, by the way, what's this brown stuff <laughs> under the steak? This, I love this it. This is so good. Yeah. I'm like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, it's mushrooms. He's like, what? <laughs> and and it was that's literally how the conversation went. It was he was telling me how much he hates mushrooms. He paused. He goes, by the way, what's this brown stuff? And I'm like, it's mushrooms. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, that's the fun part. Yeah, I com- um, I completely agree with that. I love that one so much. I'm, I hate this, but. I, maybe it's just also because they ha- they never had it prepared properly. They, they just haven't had it right. Yeah, you know they just haven't. You know, there's we forget that a lot of people, a lot of people grow up with so much processed food. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure we even did. I mean, I remember a lot of processed stuff. But when it got to the point when I start when I moved out and I started cooking for myself, uh, I'm I lived down the street from an Albertsons. And so I never had like any food in my fridge. I would stop at the Albertsons on the way home. I would buy things. I would come home. I would cook and I would just make things fresh. And then I'd eat it. Like there was never anything like left in my refrigerator because I was just using Albertsons as my refrigerator because mm. it was literally on the way home. And I just, everything was just better from having fresh cooked food, mm. you know? And so a lot of people like, I mean, there are people that have canned mushrooms that they put in their dishes. Well, like, grew up eating some casserole canned mushrooms, and that's probably why they ate mushrooms. Yeah. It's like, and I was like, what? That's wild. This doesn't taste like aluminum. Thanks, Derek. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, yeah, when the uh, confetti fell for the other person, it was, it was hard. Um, and so... <laughs> When they called and they were like, back to win, mm-hmm. they were like, are you in? And it took me a minute to decide. Oh, yeah. Because that was some pain to 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 feel, to go that far, to go through every challenge. And like, I don't quite remember from your season how often you were in a pressure test, but I felt like every time I turned around, I was being thrown in the pressure test because either my teammates were trying to get rid of me. Mm-hmm. They were looking at it as an opportunity to get rid of me or the game. There was one Katrina and I had to recreate Gordon's beef Wellington. Mm-hmm. Well, we all had to create re- recreate Gordon's beef Wellington, but then they throw this curveball, and they're like, who we're only judging the row. So we're not judging you all individually. We're judging the best one of each row. Oh my god! And I'm like, oh, so half the fucking people that would have been gone, yeah, like, so you can you can you can mess up almost and be fine. You're gonna get yeah, but they didn't know until it was judging time. But yeah, there was like one guy that like literally his his beef Wellington did not come out, but the person in his row was really good. So he's like, great, I'm safe. (laughs) And I'm like, fuck, I'm in a pressure test now because I'm, you know. Because of my row. Mm. And so where initially I wouldn't have been because there was five other beef wellingtons that were worse than mine yeah. and worse than Katrina's. And anyway, so I just felt like I was I fought so hard to get to the end and then to not <laughs> to, to not win. I was just mm-hmm. like, I don't know, guys. I was like, I'll think about it. And then everyone started calling me. Like other contestants from other seasons people mm-hmm. i didn't even know were showing up in my dms like mm-hmm. are you going Did you get the call are you going yeah they, they knew i got the call they were checking to see if i was going they yeah. were like are you going because i think some of them were going to base their decision if they went 
if I was going. Yeah. I was super reluctant. I only went because all my friends were like, what if, you know, you you don't want to live in regret. All, you know, the what if and the what if and the what if. Yeah. But I will you say. You got peer I, pressured into season 12? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was really, because I mean, you know, exactly what you were saying. I know the game. You know right. what I mean? I've continued to watch shows. And don't get me wrong. Everything for me with what happened, if it all turned out the same, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Okay. Um. So I don't, I don't have regrets. You know, it sucked. Like you said, all those feels. But I loved it. Um, but this time around, knowing though and watching other shows and meeting people from other shows, it's that it's at the end of the day, it's television, right? They're trying to make good, entertaining TV because people at home can't taste the food, right? right? They don't know which one's better or not. Um, so that's what made me a little reluctant. But then I thought, well, maybe I can have fun with it. But I think I feel like they edited so much out of that challenge that we did. You know, I was like, I was sitting there thinking, dude, okay, because as soon as we lined up, I got to tell you, I knew I wasn't in. Like when I saw the lineup when they called us and I see, okay, Natasha's there, she's talented and stunningly beautiful. And then there's you and you're you're more you're more like in the newer seasons and you know, you got a cool style and you know, you, you fit a certain thing and then I forget uh Brandy. Brandy and you know, single mom and fits a demographic of a certain part of the country. And I was like, when I saw those three, I was like <laughs> You just ruled yourself out. I, just, I ruled myself out, but I was like, you know what, I'm gonna have fun with it though. But and also at the same time, like Natasha didn't make it. I know. I thought it was gonna be uh her and you. But um yeah, but that's why I would turn around remember and like trying to get the crowd hyped up and just trying to like have fun. And I was like, oh hopefully, like even though I don't make it, hopefully this little fun stuff makes it in. None of that got in either. Dude, uh, I mean, you know, I mean that's also the nature of the beast. So much doesn't make it in. That's yeah. like kind of like part of why I wanted to do this podcast is talk to the people talk to everyone because it's like what is your story? You know, they want you to like give this micro hyper version of your story while you're trying to cook or yeah. while you're trying to survive on Survivor or whatever the case is. And it's like the it just it all it all gets lost because it's so it's moving so fast. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that hour we had an hour. 40, 40 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 45 minutes, yeah. we had 45 minutes and we had to do three plates. I mean, that was. It went by so fast, and we had so much shit happen uh -huh. in that for you. I mean, <laughs> I had so much shit that yeah. I can't even talk about. I know that's what I was like. That didn't make it. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So maybe we can tell them after your contract later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's. There were things that happened, mm -hmm. and they could have showed them. It would have made really great TV. I mean, yeah. Gordon took my food processor and put it over on your station. He was like, you good? I was like, yeah, go for it. All I'm thinking is, God damn it, I'm never going to live this down. If I make it and he doesn't, he's going to be like, you uh, fucking used my station. <laughs> well, lucky for you, we can't really get to say what the details are, so you're good. Oh. But no, I was fun. No, I'm, as soon as I, I mean, when they put Brandy and you closest to the cameras, too, I was like, oh, I don't, yeah. I think that that's like where we try, we put an artificial narrative on what's going on. Right. Like putting us closer to the cameras, like that doesn't that I don't think that's a thing. Because those cameras There they, were some above and Well yeah. not only that, but all the cameras that are a fourth wall side, they're getting you just as clear and as much as they're getting me. They're the cameras are that good. It's not like it's not like they're getting a lesser shot because you're down at the end. It's not yeah. like that. Because I've you know, you win challenges being all the way in the back sometimes, and you win challenges being in the front, and you lose challenges being in the front. That's just, that's our minds trying to make sense of the chaos, hmm. you know? And I'm going to say fair. 
<laughs> yeah, sometimes it doesn't feel fair though, right? <laughs> um, what made you what made you audition for MasterChef the first time around? Oh, good question. Uh, so long story short, with that one is uh, no, give me the full story. Well, so I was, <laughs> I was going to school, uh, you know, college, and I was a front of the house person and enjoyed it. Had a great. That was like that was more fun than actual school to me. Uh, getting out, and hanging out with everyone from restaurant life, you know, and having a good time. But I got the cooking bug somewhere like in the early twenties. Uh, I think Top Chef season one had just come out. Anthony mm. Bourdain, who's my, that's my that's the person that I look up to, the idol. Um, I don't know if that's the appropriate word, but his show had come out and I think it, and then it started to unravel, right? More than food. And it was culture and getting to know people and that food brings people together. And so there was all this cool nuance stuff on top of being creative and delicious. Um, and I remember started working at this fine dining restaurant in Oxnard, one, if not the only one that might be there right now. Um, uh, it was a, inside of a kosher winery called Tierra Sur. And I had this. It's called what? Tierra Sur. Which is like uh, southern earth or southern dirt. Okay. Um, and it was very Mediterranean inspired. And the chef, Todd Aarons, he's a badass. And it was the first time I had worked with a real chef and okay. where the menu changed and there was seasonality and he was using local. And that was super new for me. Um, and then getting to taste it, right? And then, you know, and working with a real chef. like getting, Right, you were just inspired. Getting yelled at and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was, he had that old school thing, you know mm. what I mean? He, he, Flip, would flip me off <laughs> so he was so but it was cool and it was fun you know i remember vibing with him they right, would... is that kind of that kind of uh treatment is that kind of like if he didn't talk to you he didn't respect you right it was like you were getting a response from him so he cared exactly yeah, yeah. and and didn't and, matter what the response was right right and also that was how he was trained you know right. so I, and i understand that now but um, yeah, we vibe. He was a, a a great guy. I remember they were playing Miles Davis, and I love that's my favorite uh, musician or artist of all times. And I was like, oh, hey, chef, this is uh, this is Miles Davis. And he's like, yeah, I rode my skateboard to go see him in the '80s, you know. So just like, and I got to get this to yeah. know this world, and it was so awesome. And I became friends with the Sioux. He gave me a, a book, and he, um, I was telling him about. It. I was like, hey, I think I want to go back there. And he's like, read this book, and it was Anthony Bourdain. Kitchen, no kitchen confidential, and he said, "Read this book. And when you're done, if you still want to be a chef, go for it." Dude, I, I picked that up, that book up later. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've been been in the kitchens. I had done. First of all, I've done front of house, just like you. Before I got in the back of house, I did front of house, mm -hmm. and I loved it. I was good at it. I mean, it's my, fun. Well, my goal every night was. When I worked at a restaurant that I believed in the food, then it was like, how much can I sell? I want to I want to sell the most food. Push the fish, like, and more than that, just be the ser be the server that was selling things out, mm -hmm. and and have the highest sales because then then you're in control of your schedule. Yeah, you know, it was like if if I'm the best and I'm selling the most. Then I can go to the manager and say, I only want to work Friday, Saturday night. Yeah. And then they're like, cool. Yeah. Or take a weekend off here and there. Or yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but then I, then, you know, MasterChef happened and I went in back a house of restaurants and, and, and then I did some private chefing and I was doing pop-ups and then it was just like, I kept hearing about this book and I'm like, okay. Yeah, dude, after reading it, it's I was great. like... You read it afterwards, too. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God, I want to... Like, I was like, I want to go to Maine and just 
fucking go do that and well so that first chapter you remember the first chapter yeah. so they we would get asked this at frank in dallas at the the uh, speakeasy i worked at and i told him that chapter like before i even fi- i finished the book but chapter one i knew right when yeah. he's like you read this so he's telling that story where he's like uh working at the resort yeah um and it's a wedding and he's looking for the chef and yeah, they send him to look for the chef he's banging the, the show's the... banging the bride they had just gotten married <laughs> And Anthony Bourdain's like, that's when I knew I wanted to be a chef. Yeah. And when I read that in my mind, I said, I want to be a chef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that wasn't that wasn't for me. I got that all out of the way with the band stuff. Yeah. It was like, you know, being in a band and touring, it was like oh, yeah. girls throw themselves at you. So I like for me it was the it was the just like dying on the line with like the brotherhood and like them having that 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 camaraderie but also competition with the restaurant across the street that did mm-hmm. 10 times more covers and you know him dreaming of of being able to keep up with you know the guy on the salamander and that kind of thing because and it's like there's why do we want to do that like why do we want that pressure and like masochist you have to be a little bit of a masochist it's yeah you it's have strange. to enjoy a little bit of that it's it's weird because there's like one of my worst experiences at working in a restaurant i i like crave to want to just try to be in that uncomfortable place again i was working at this restaurant uh in santa monica and the long story short is i was working to try and become the head chef but they were putting me through all the stations and and uh every chef there was giving me shit like i mean i mean it was like i mean have you watched um the bear yet oh yeah so it was very much like I'm I'm in there and they're every one of them's like either I'm getting cold shoulder or they're yeah. sabotaging me. They're teaching me things on the menu wrong and incorrect so that I fail. Mm-hmm. And like and I'm friends now with one of the guys still and like I earned his I earned his respect and he like yeah, and he told he told me later he's like you hung in there. He's like I didn't think you were going to. He's like, you know, <laughs> He's like, we see so many people come through. He's like, I'm not going to take the time to get to know you unless like you hang around. Mm-hmm. And, but there was one, there was one night, it was just like, the restaurant wouldn't do a lot of covers, you know, but there was one night I finally make it to the grill station and I've been earning it, you know, and uh, just this like perfect storm of like, there was a concert, there was a Santa Monica Pier concert, there was some street festival it was like you guys got slammed we got fucking rocked <laughs> and then on top of it they everyone was just fucking ordering from my station and I, I had tickets just coming out of the printer non-stop piling up on the station and then slinking down to the floor oh yeah and but i didn't know like you know like because like you and i both know we have Gordon Ramsay's voice in our head and mm-hmm. it's like, we have that, like, are we up to his standard? Mm-hmm. And in my head at that time, I didn't know that there was sandbagging or par cooking in restaurants. I didn't know they did that. And, and I also definitely didn't know if it was okay or not. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally trying to cook everything to order straight out of the low boy. And, Chef comes over. He's like, "Are you good?" I was like, "No, I'm fucking dying. <laughs> Don't I'm you see sinking." The <laughs> I was like, "He goes uh, slide over," and like I slide over, and then we're both 
you know, he took the reins and he was just telling me what to do. And, and I just put my head down and pushed through, pushed through. And, and, uh, you know, we got through the night and he was like, why aren't you sandbagging? And I was like, I don't know what that is. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like one of those things that you don't learn until you learn. Right. And then I was like, oh, we can, I was like, you're cool with me doing that. Cause all I'm thinking is Gordon Ramsay would never, right. That's all that's in my head. And he's like, yeah, he's like, it's the only way to get through. And I was like, oh, and then I thought back and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember seeing steaks sitting on the top of the ovens, just chilling, but they look cooked, but they're, you know, yeah, they're just seared. And that's and that's what I mean. Some things are for television. That happened with me when we did. It was Patina. It was uh, one of the only Michelin star restaurants at the time. Downtown music, uh, uh, music theater, whatever. We did a challenge there. Later on, that was my first real stage after the show. Oh no shit! So the dish I had to do was a steak dish, but it was a short rib and a filet mignon and some like veg components and like two or three sauces. And back then, it was you know, it was still almost like late nineties. You know, lots of kind of plating style, lots of just little things. And then when I go do the stage, I wasn't supposed to be frying, you know, steaks to order or searing them off to like it's right. exactly what you said. They had them all ready to go and they had a lot of their pars already set. They knew in the right. books, yeah. we have this many. Right. So they're they're yeah, they're ready for that. And then yeah. also they have tickets to look at. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a ticket, you stick it up in the in yeah. the window, you can look, you can always turn and go, "Okay, where am I at? Where am yeah. I at?" You were having some on the show, Scottish Gordon, guy yelling at yeah, you. Yeah. Gordon's just like three scallops, two mm-hmm. lobster, one mm-hmm. steak. And then yeah. moves on, and then you're like, how many was that again? <laughs> and he's like, we're already on to the next table. He's three tables in, and you're like, I'm supposed to remember all this and organize oh, it all dude. here? That old order system is that terrible. I still do it, but it, every time I walk into a place and they want you to do that, I'm like, oh, God. I don't know why anyone... It doesn't work. Like, we're also, as people in our society, we don't function that way anymore because we have everything right here. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't, I don't need to store it up here because I can just go find it here. So I'm using my brain for other things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that just doesn't work anymore. But yeah, I, uh, I, I had to think long and hard about coming back this season. Yeah. Um, well, it was, pretty- but wait, you were, you were saying we went off on a tangent. When, when was the moment that you applied for the, Season two of MasterChef. So after all that fine dining stuff in Bourdain, I tried to do a, a, a guerrilla catering company with friends, which didn't go well. It was a learning lesson. My friend's an actor in L.A. He sends me the casting call he got for MasterChef. Are you still friends with this person? Uh, and he sends me the casting call, and he's like, hey, I'm not going to do this, but like, I know... You you know, and kind of similar to you, I was on the I was on the kind of upswing of something bad. Like I had just gotten out of my first, you know, that early twenties first serious relationship. So like just super like heartbroken, hadn't cooked in a while, you know, just a server, and I stopped going to school. Didn't know what I was gonna do next. You know, just a whole lot of yeah. open in it broke and all that kind of stuff. He sends me this thing, and I'm like, why not? And I was super reluctant. I remember when I went to the audition, I didn't tell anyone. And back then they did a little bit different than what they did it for you. We showed up pre with a pre prep dish, like things could be like not pre cooked, but you for could, the fir- for the what? for your first audition, your uh, when you came to cook. So they had us do an audition dish, um, and, and there was like three days, and you sign up, and they tell you what day to come. And I went, and they're literally tasting. They have oh, we we had to do that. Oh, okay, yeah. So. They had like the LA Times food people like, you know, tasting the food and then you go on. If you make the food, yep. then yep. you go on to the casting or whatever. Yeah. Um, I didn't tell anyone. 
I was in that morning. I almost here's the trippiest thing I think about, and this is I think why I went on season twelve to answer your question. That morning, I just I was so I was like, man, head. I don't want to be on TV, and I couldn't sleep, and I woke up and I was tired, and I was like, I'm just not gonna go. All my stuff was prepped, I was packed. I was like, nah, I'm not gonna do this. And then something in my head was just like, just go. You don't have to tell anyone. You don't have to say what happened. Just because if you don't go, you're gonna wonder. Yeah. And I went, and then you know the rest. You know, yeah. like, and that's that's what ended up happening. So when season twelve, like, very similar situation, and same voice, it's like, just just go. Because yeah. you, you, then you won't know. Yeah. Well, and it's also I part of like a thing I practice is the art of showing up. Mm-hmm. When you put something, when you put something on the cal- like I don't bail on if I put something on the calendar, I schedule a time. I don't, I don't bail on it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who it is. I won't bail uh, because you never know. Like even if it's the smallest thing, it's like, oh, I gotta go to. I put the dentist on the schedule this day. I've met people sitting in the lobby of like an office where I'm only there for a stupid thing that has nothing to do with my career. And I've met somebody that like totally changes the course of my life. Right. Right, It's like that stuff can happen if you're constantly showing up. So the Mm -hmm. art of showing up. Um, And it's always, it's always that time when you really don't want to and you do is when it's the biggest. Yeah. That's that's exactly what ended up happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't tell anybody either for season six except Kimberly knew. Kim- Kimberly was the only one that knew. I didn't tell my mom. Like, and I fucking told MasterChef, like, I don't, I don't want anyone to know I'm here. I want to do this and surprise the world. And they were like, you haven't, you haven't told you, like your mom. And like in all my interviews, I'm talking about my relationship with my mom, and they're mm-hmm. like, they made me so hard. They were like, <laughs> you have to call her now that you got an apron. And I was mm-hmm. like, fuck. And then, of course, my mom was like, you're what? <laughs> like, okay. I'm like, I told you, like, I looked at that. I was like, this isn't going the way you want it to go. <laughs> my like, mom, my mom's not surprised. Yeah. I do crazy shit like this, right? <laughs> like, she's like, great. Have fun, you know? <laughs> uh, wild. Why do we do it? Well. Yeah, so... um. Season twelve's been fun, <laughs> dude. Your dish that that you put up was dope, though. I want to redo it. I want to. I want to like hone it in. Yeah, hone yeah. it in because there were some cool cool ideas on there. Well, and you know that's the thing. The dish that I did, I have been doing that dish for a couple of years now. So I've been honing that dish in and honing it in because it was it was the right before the pandemic it was that was like my new star for my pop-ups because i was really trying to get away from the puff pastry cage because i've done it so many times and you know it's like i do understand it's like same with like comedy burt kreischer takes his shirt off like you gotta do it like gordon ramsay has his beef wellington but i don't know it was just like i i have a lot of repeat clients too but they still they love the cage but Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm like guys let me show you something different yeah so that dish is like my new star but also like you said they didn't show so much that dish i charged the sauce with in a the isi in the isi can which i also did chose that dish too because in the finale i had trouble with the isi gun and Mm -hmm. so i wanted to bring it back and say hey i'm not scared of this thing i've only learned how to use it better and for more applications. Mm-hmm. 
And what it does to the sauce is so dope and it gives it this extra texture, which I think you might agree that like, I think texture is also a very important part in flavor. Mm -hmm. And it, so, you know, you got Arone saying that this sauce is just, this is what's yeah, doing the, it. The, for, aer the aeration of it. Just... And they didn't, there was nothing that explained that when everyone's seen that dish. I was so bummed because that was the coolest fucking part. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and that's and that's what we the the textures thing. That's when they were because they were like, oh, all these different components, and that's what I said to them. Remember, I was like, I think a lot of chefs think about flavor and what it looks like, and that's got those have to be good. Yeah, but something that like exactly what you said gets overlooked sometimes is texture. Well, right, and I think also it's like when when we're describing the dish, and they're like, oh, it sounds like a lot's going on. It's like, yeah, it is, but because I've took the time to understand what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. When you eat it, it's not going to taste like a lot's going on. It's going to taste like a really, really great dish. Yeah, there's a there's a reason. It's, it's like a it's like music. The yeah. note, you need all the different notes. Yeah, to you know to the yeah exactly. It, well, and that's why I, I actually approach all of it like when we would make songs. I mean, like the amount of layers that go into making a song. Like people have no idea that like some of their favorite songs have over a hundred tracks mm -hmm. on them, and like one of them is a triangle and one of them is a doorbell and one of them is it's like and there's a there's a acoustic guitar <laughs> behind the electric guitar that you have you you would have no idea there's an acoustic guitar in this freaking rock song but mm -hmm. they put it in there because they want that little extra twang that they weren't getting from the electric guitar it's like we put that little hint of salt after or right, right or the we toasted crumble or the whatever aer the aerated well, sauce like or... i put cinnamon in like my rubs on chicken thighs. I'm like cumin and salt, pepper and smoked paprika. And then I'll have a little hint of cinnamon. And mm -hmm. it's like not enough that you go, is there cinnamon in this? Yeah. But like warming spice. Yeah. But enough that if you took it away, it would taste different. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So I was really bummed that they didn't feature the, how that sauce really got, yeah. got made. Yeah. I mean, I'm, ex I'm excited for all of it to, to air and and play out because it's, I mean, I just, it's awesome. There's so much awesome stuff coming. Um, there, it is weird that they're poking, or they're really building up this drama between Shanika and Emily, that like oddly did not exist on set, mm -hmm. and so it's really strange. And conflict resolution, yeah. Because there was so much more drama between Christian and I and Christian and Michael mm -hmm. and Michael, Christian and I. Like, there's mad drama going on. And they haven't... Just didn't put it in. No, they're starting to hint at it. But there's so much more drama that they're not airing. And I'm kind of confused at it because they're really trying to manufacture drama between Shanika and Emily because their season they had it but this season it wasn't like there right because we all kind of had just a respect for each other that mm -hmm. we've made it this far and we're back and it's like we all understand the importance and what this means and yeah. how it changes your life well and that's kind of you know and then this isn't because a lot of people on there are super talented and i you know i will say about going back what i did enjoy is getting to know all these different people from all these seasons and making new friends yeah, but like with exactly what you're saying, that's how I felt. You know, we can talk about this because it's already aired. But my other friend from my season, Derek, uh, the other Derek, who, yeah, who's he's a sous chef of one of the busiest yeah. restaurants in New York City, 
and he didn't make it through comparatively. And again, not to knock those other people that went through, but comparatively right. to me, it's like, well, clearly there's a choice here, story over over talent. And my for and you know, make it clear my opinion. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and he also cooked before I did, mm -hmm. so I that made me really nervous because I was like. You know, are they going to let two Derricks come through? It was mm. something that was going on in my head. Right. You know, it's like, uh, who knows? And who knows if that's a factor? Uh, it's all those things that we, like, we right. can't, we don't know. Yeah. Are they actually factors? Mm -hmm. uh, on my season, we called it, we were constant, we were in a constant state of retrospect and speculation. <laughs> yeah. Because we were constantly thinking right. about what happened and how did we do it, and we were constantly thinking, like, well, what's next? What, right. what kind of surprises is Gordon going to pull out? And we were like, oh. yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, no, and Derek's, dude, his food was his food was dope. But you know what? Yeah. He also, in the 45 minutes, I felt like really stuck to the rules of restaurant cooking, like w watching him mise everything out. Mm -hmm. It was like... Dude, you gotta like get get it in the pan, like yeah. get going, mm -hmm. right? Because I was getting nervous that he wasn't gonna finish because he was, I mean, literally meticulously missing everything out, <laughs> which shows that he's been working in one of the best restaurants, right? Right. I was just like, I don't know, I was, I was pissed about the situation that was happening that was getting in the way of me doing my job yeah. I, was, I went into a meltdown stage at one point i was like stop bringing me a new food processor it's not <laughs> the food processor yeah that one was i was just like i i knew it was happening but it was like nothing like i was like i have to keep cooking I yeah like i can't do anything i can't yeah i don't know what to do here oh i wish i could share that with everybody yeah. how about this something you, is there a story from your season that didn't make it on air that you wish would have for example, uh, this is my favorite one, where um, I had won a challenge, I'd gone back there, and uh, they were like, okay, you're going to pick what you get to make for dessert, and you get to pick what everyone else gets to make for dessert. And then my my judge at the time was uh, Graham Elliott, and he's like... Yeah, I had Graham too. Yeah, okay, so and they had um, different ingredients under these different potato sacks, just kind of hidden. They were revealing them as they went, and Graham was like, this, and floral, and beautiful, and citrusy, da, da, da. I have pineapple. And then Joe's like, you know... You know, he gets a little waxing poetry and ethereal and bitter and da 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 da. He's like, I have coffee. And then Gordon's like holding the potato sack like this and he's leaning over and he looks at me and he said my name funny. He would always go, Audrian, guess what's under my sack? And he was like smirking at me. And I just lost it. And I was like, I think it's nuts, chef. Ah! <laughs> he like looks at the other two judges and he gives a big old smirk. And I can hear because you know in the kitchen they have like cameras yeah, and the, yeah, the crews behind yeah. in the walls if and you will. Moving and they're fucking losing it. I hear oh, okay. them cracking up. Okay. And he looks back at me and he lifts, you know, ceremoniously lifts the sack like this, and he goes, "It's nuts." <laughs> we just everybody <laughs> lost it. Dude. You fucking knew that. I wish. I wish. And they didn't air that. Nah, that's the one for me because we just cracked up. It was yeah. just a good moment. You know what I mean? That's funny. Um, I did. Yeah, there was one. Um, I told Gordon to fuck off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How did that go? It went over really well, actually. Oh, it got a good laugh. because So we had a corn challenge. Uh -huh. And so I did a creamy, I did a creamy polenta. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't put a protein with it because I wanted 
the polenta to shine. I was like, I'm just yeah. gonna make creamy. I went to Spago and I had this creamy polenta there. That shit was amazing. Right. I was like, I'm just gonna do a creamy polenta. And I dressed it really nice and I took like I blanched Brussels sprouts and I peeled off one leaf and I put one leaf of a Brussels sprout and one I I just made this little arrangement of vegetables in the middle as like my garnish. Mm-hmm. Right. It's garnish. And I bring it up and I get I get top three. And I bring it up, and he's like, one Brussels sprout? Are you kidding me? <laughs> he's like, just one leaf of a Brussels sprout? He's like, what is going on here? And I was like, fuck off, chef. I was like, it's a garnish. <laughs> and, and everyone went like, <gasps> and yeah. he fucking busted out laughing, and he was like, but I want more. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but it's a, it's a garnish. Oh, I was like, there's man. no rule here. You know, it's about the polenta. It's not yeah. about the Brussels sprout. But yeah, I told him to fuck off. That's that did, awesome. Dude. That obviously didn't air. But... Oh, God, I would have loved to see that. <laughs> that's, I wanted to, so if I made it, that's one thing, too. I wanted to talk back a little bit more to the chef. Not the guy, I, I really love and respect Gordon. Around, I think, you know, he's he's pretty chill. But Joe, I, I'll say it, I fuck Joe Bastianich. <laughs> and I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, have him really? say, oh, I wanted to have him say some smart ass shit to me. And I would have been like, fuck off, go away. Wow. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Uh, Joe was surprising. I was actually a little nervous about Joe because, you know, chill he, down. he, well, no, he was, he had said some stuff to other people, but he was, he really liked my food and like just always, always good things to say. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I, so going back when, and this is going to sound a little arrogant, but this Uh-oh. is where, <laughs> this is where <laughs> hey Adrian yeah. fuck off <laughs> uh, going back we got a meeting with a with a record producer Bob Marlette mm-hmm. he produced Foo Fighters and a bunch of other fucking big big name bands we got a meeting with him we played him a song and we had been working on this song and we and it was it was one shot. He was like, "I'll come, I'll come listen to one song." And then he tells, he's like, "Really great song, really good structure." He's like, "But it's not undeniable." He's like, "I only work with undeniable," and it was felt really pretentious and whatever. But then I thought about it for a while. It sat with me, and it still, still to this day, has not left me. And it's like when I went into season six, I was like, "I'm gonna make sure every dish is undeniable." Mm-hmm. And I think that's what helped a lot of my traffic and following is like, yeah, they can't taste it, right? Uh, they can't they can't taste the food, but if it looks undeniable, then they're not going to care what the judges say. They're going to go, that looks good, mm-hmm. and it and I wanted to make it make sure it looked better than everybody else, and I, I think that. Uh, attributed a lot of my success so this same thing going in this time i was like i know that everyone's story needs to get told and so i'm not i'm probably not going to get top three every time Mm -hmm. but i'm going to play like it's a possibility and i'm going to make every dish undeniably the -hmm. best one and so i mean it kind of kind of competition yeah yeah. you got it and it happened last week with the chicken and waffles the the uh, Southern fusion dish, mm. you know, it was like hands down one of the best looking dishes of the night. 
if not the best, but I was just top three the week before. Yeah. I was so pissed. <laughs> I was salty, especially because Christian just served a buffet. <laughs> he just served a fucking buffet of chicken and potatoes and put jerk spice on the chicken, and that's jerk southern. I'm like, what? Christian was a lot. Uh, he had this whole idea of how he wanted to play the game, and he, he, like, we're all respecting each other, and he's just, he was just being a jerk. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of times he was a jerk. Yeah. And, I mean, you could, I don't know if you saw the team challenge, but, I mean, I had, I literally had to, like, get in his face and be like, dude, you're stressing everybody out for no reason. Yeah. I'm like, why are you yelling at everybody? He was like, Gordon Ramsay yells. I was like, you're not Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> oh, one. God. And yeah. I was like, you're, you're just, you're just yelling. Yeah. I was like, it's not working. You're just Stop. yelling to yell at this point. He was just yelling to yell. Yeah. And then it was just like, dude, like, what the why? Yeah. Why? And you gotta you gotta earn it before you can yell like that. You, yeah. You gotta be yeah. Like Gordon Ramsay can fillet a salmon in minutes with his eyes closed. You know what I mean? Right. Like all all sorts of different things like that. Well, and 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 Gordon Ramsay's a unique one that. That's where his, his background too is old it's, school French it's, training. It's just and the whole Marco the Pira whole thing y. leads up to it. Yeah. Yo, Christian, you don't get to yell like that. No. You're on a team challenge on MasterChef. Like, yeah. How about let's get organized and finish this but yeah i didn't get to know him too well i will say the one thing that uh early on when we were before we even started cooking and we would be on those um calls with production and just going over whatever and just that like come on everybody give it your all like that like weird yeah kind of sports prep talk i'm like i don't yeah who what are you like why are we doing i forgot about those (laughs) those were so awkward (laughs) so we for everyone wondering we filmed this during covid we were we all had a, had our own hotel rooms, but then we'd have to do Zoom meetings mm. in the hotel rooms mm-hmm. with production. Like, we <laughs> why? Yeah. We didn't go to, like, a ballroom or anything. Well, one of them, we got scolded because they were, like, uh, uh, they were worried, I think, someone that wasn't supposed to come to the hotel came. Like, someone had... Oh, yeah, someone invited We can't say who, but someone had invited someone from the outside world. Could... What's her I don't name? Know, you can say it. I'm not. I don't know that. how to say her name though. <laughs> Katara, Katara. But she invited someone, and and we didn't know, you know, and we had already had gone through quarantine. Yeah, and, and then she's bringing people in, and it risking. ruined it for everybody. Yeah. So then we couldn't go to the pool no more. We couldn't go hang out with each other. We couldn't. Even, we were like, hey, we were all outside. Yeah, you know what I mean. Was spread out. Well, they got the gym taken away. Mm-hmm. That yeah. sucked. Um. <sighs> I have one more question for you for wrapping this up. This is my, I ask every MasterChef person this, that I've met. What is the most frequent or common question you get from people, whether they know you or not, especially those that don't know you though, what do they ask you about of all the questions they ask you about MasterChef? They always ask, is Gordon Ramsay really like that? (laughs) I, my eye twitches. I can see it. (laughs) When I get asked this question, so hopefully this shit goes viral. Uh, you know, one time, like, he is like that when he's in the kitchen, because that's the way he was taught. When he's not on camera, he's a fucking big old teddy bear. He's, he's the nicest guy. Nicest guy. But yeah, I had to tell that story over and over that it got to this point where my eye would just like... Yeah, you, I mean, because you were also kind of at that, the beginning where, mm-hmm. of, like, the Gordon Ramsay empire. Like, because he's, he's always been working up to that, but... 
like when MasterChef and Hell's Kitchen and Kitchen Nightmares were all on at the same time. Oh yeah. Like season two of Master, it was like Gordon Ramsay was everywhere. He's killing it. And yeah. now he is everywhere, but everyone's like used to it now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I still get asked, is, is Gordon Ramsay really like that? And you know what I tell people is he is. He's passionate about what he does and he yells. You see the part where he yells, but there a lot of times is a moment where he gives guidance, mm-hmm. and if you don't take it, then yeah, you get the wrath of Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, it's like he gives you Michelin star advice, and then if you don't listen, yeah, you deserve to be yelled at by that dude like that. Like I would yell at you too if I had that many Michelin stars and I did everything that I did to get to that point, and I'm giving you advice and you're blatantly ignoring Not it listening, or man. going back to the thing that you were doing before. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's. I mean. He is also, yeah, extremely nice. Yeah. And so, you know, you're just like, I don't know. You, yeah. You that, have like, you have this like love, hate for him sometimes. Yeah. Like, I don't hate him at all. I absolutely love everything about him and I admire everything that he does. But sometimes I'm like, how does he do it? Yeah. Like, the guy's nonstop. Nonstop. He's it's, got five kids. It's and, like he's got like a permanent cocaine IV drip in him, but. But doesn't. But doesn't. He doesn't use any substances. Yeah. And and you know that because he's you know he's he doesn't drink on set mm-hmm. he doesn't like if when he does the toast with champagne he toasts and he sets it down yeah. and he he's out the door and then he's off to another show mm-hmm. and and not only does he have all the shows here in America but he has shows in in England as mm-hmm. well and, has, with, and then the social media stuff he's doing a lot more now too dude and the and the YouTube sh- yeah. it's just like guy doesn't sleep. I know. Four <laughs> hours. That's it. I'm like, yeah. how do you do it? And that was my But only... there's a huge team behind him, well, obviously. Yeah. But still, he's still he's but he's he's there doing but all But even that. the stuff that he's on camera for, yeah, like is exhausting. Yeah. Well, and then he's executive producer, right? Yeah. Like he's like he has calling, to make the final call. He's calling shots, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we're not we're not getting out of here yet. We gotta do uh, a little uh, Was there a game? We gotta game. We get some chicken wings or something? Because you gotta earn you gotta earn your Epic Mega Cookie. Oh my God, the Pazuki. I love it. Ready? No, Epic Mega Cookie. <laughs> I'm calling it a Pazuki. Good. Tell me, tell me, what do I got to do? Uh, we're gonna do a little blind taste test. Uh, uh, that sounds fun to me. Yeah, I'm I got ready. some. I got some uh, chefy shit. I'm gonna test your palate. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's fucking do it. I thought, dude. I really thought this season of MasterChef they were gonna make us do that. I thought they were gonna give us a blind taste test. They I would have been ready for that. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I'm ready for this challenge. Oh, let's see. All right, here we go. Hold on. Uh, blindfold first. You ever uh, use a blindfold before? Uh, I can't talk about that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she broke your heart. <laughs> okay. I will tell you, we also thought they were going to give us this challenge on our season, and we had gone to uh, Whole Foods one day and just sat in the grocery store and everyone bought random stuff and we you did practice? we did this to each other yeah everyone's <laughs> like everyone go buy three things and then well let's do this blind taste test. Hey, what do i need to do a, oh it's not that easy i'm gonna feed it to you oh god <laughs> so hopefully this does go viral um <laughs> we'll start uh i'll just say open up and then i will spoon feed you ingredients okay and then Whoa, okay. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'll spoon feed you ingredients and mm-hmm. then you tell me what it is. And if you're having trouble figuring it out, talk about the ingredient that you're tasting. All right, all right. All right. Yes. Ready. Open up. 
It's definitely a green vegetable. Hmm. It's not celery because it's not fibery enough. Is it broccoli stems? <laughs> it's not broccoli stems then. No. Damn, when it's so crunchy and green and vibrant. There's vegetal. Hold on. You can taste color? Yeah. Like, like chlorophyll, like uh, like Kanye West, you know. <laughs> uh, Why do the chefs miss this one? <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's fucking me up. Is, Is it, it unripe melon? <laughs> like melon rind? I'm so in your head. You're thinking way too hard about this. It's a vegetable, right? It's a vegetable. It's a carrot. Fucking carrot. <laughs> Why do we miss that one? <laughs> I I haven't missed that one. Is that a baby carrot from Albertsons? Oh, by the way, Shane, you can interact. You can laugh. And, oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, great, yeah. Great, yeah. Have, <laughs> <laughs> you don't got to sit there quietly. Um, That's funny. Yeah, Steven missed that one, too. Jesus. That was the least flavorful carrot I've ever had. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been cut up for a few hours? I don't know. <laughs> um... Couldn't see it. I'm ready. Open. Kiwi. <laughs> He's like, with redemption. Kiwi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boom. Also, this one's a little unfair for you because kiwi makes my tongue tingle back here. That's what it does for a lot of people. Here's your water if you want to clean your palate. Thank you. Mm, where should we go next? All right. You feeling tough? I'm, yeah. Coming back. <laughs> and get three in a row, I'll be on fire. Well, you've only got one so far. <laughs> You're one for one. Open up. I chose this because I think you would get this one. Chayote? Yeah! Yeah, chayote squash. Good job. Yeah. You're, I, no one else I would think would get that, but I thought... <laughs> Yeah, he was like, I'll know. I was like, Adrian's gonna know this one. I'm impressed. Okay. Texture helped with that one, too. Really? Speaking of texture, I yeah. Didn't, I really do not like the texture of that. Shave it super thin. Try that one day. See yeah. What you think. yeah. Definitely. Will. Do you pickle it? Oh, yeah. You can play with it. Undo all kinds of things with it. Cryovac it. All right, open up. Papaya. Wow. Good job. <laughs> I was like, I know this one. I know this one. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> okay, so you got three in a row. Do you feel really bad about the carrot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a green it's vegetable. Like, it's so vibrant. <laughs> it, and it wasn't It wasn't as uh, like super dense and crunchy as it normally is. But hey, beggars can't be choosers here. <laughs> All right, let's see. Probably a lot. Yeah. Give me a big old spoonful of wasabi. <laughs> no, watch, watch me see. Okay, open up. Oh man, it's salty as fuck. 
Oh man, that's funky too. <laughs> oh, it's got some fish sauce in it, huh? Oh, dude, take a swig of your water. That was a lot. It was a lot. It was a tiny amount. Let's be clear, tiny amount on the spoon, but it's a lot of an ingredient. The anchovy. Yeah. Oh fuck. Good job, anchovy paste. Oof. Good job. Oof. Let's keep going. Oh, you're gonna have to buy me a beer after that one. Yeah, let's do that. All right, open up. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I got it right here. Yeah, you felt it. That's radish. Yeah. Oh, thank you for giving me that after the anchovy paste. Oh, man, that cleared it up nicely. <laughs> okay, let's see. Oh. Let's see if we get this last one. Okay. Open up. Whoa, it's got a cool texture. That's how I would get this one. Dragon fruit? Yeah. All Do right. I win? Yeah. I win a cookie? Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Woo! Did I win the most? Have anyone ever done a blind tasting? Or has no, someone gotten I've, all I've of them? i had people get them all. Damn. Yeah. Just one. One the away. Chefs always miss the carrot. I wonder what that is. You're overthinking it. <laughs> You're overthinking it. it it's uh, quite funny. Oh. I gave you the most, though, the most options. I usually only like, do four. What did I give you? Six, seven? Yeah. That yeah. Was, dude, good job. You got a good palate. Just, not just a not... complete loser. <laughs> Still a loser though, because you didn't get carrot. <laughs> Shit. What flavor do I get? I don't know. Open it up. That's a surprise. I baked a whole bunch this week, so they're all boxed up, and I didn't look. I just grabbed. Dude, I've had a crazy month with these cookies. Ooh, it's got a little. It's a pineapple cherry something. Oh, wrong? pineapple upside down cookie. Oh man. I call it pineapple in the upside down. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I'm happy to have won this cookie today. <laughs> Dude, what else you got going on? Uh, well, right now, so I just moved back to California from Dallas, which is where you and I had uh, had met. Um, and I'm just kind of getting adjusted, and I'm I miss. There's a lot of things I miss about Dallas, but I'm happy to be away from the hot weather right now. Dude, it's and, so hot there, right and now. the allergies, um, which I really don't have out here. No, um, no, not really. Dallas yeah, the is... There's a lot of pollen in Dallas, huh? It's bad, dude. I never had it before in my life. You know what I heard is because the, the all the lakes that are in Dallas were like man-made, and mm. it changed the whole ecosystem. Yeah, that's I think I heard part of it too. There's like a lot of invasive species too. Texas uh, just has a lot of invasive species. Yeah, cottonwood. Like it looks like sometimes it's like what the first time I saw that I was like, what is all this lint in the air? Yeah, <laughs> and it's like no, it's cottonwood flying around. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but no, just happy to be back. Looking for work. That's why, you know, I appreciate knowing someone like you, helping me out, and uh, hooked up. just trying to network and, and yeah. get out there. That's going to be a good gig. I'm excited for you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Anyone wondering, we got uh, Adrian, a private chef gig with some basketball players. It's going to be a dude, that's gonna be a lot of calories. Yeah. Get ready. I'm ready. You're going to be like, <laughs> the one, one is going to eat like 4,500 calories a day. Yeah. And the other one, since he's trying to come down, he's probably he's probably gonna be around three thousand calories a day. I'm ready. And then there's the girlfriend. So you're gonna be doing like eight thousand calorie meals. 
total. I can day. do it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be trying to get healthy with them. I'm gonna do some intermittent fasting. Yeah. Have you yeah. tried carnivore yet? No, I, I would, and I hear really good things about it. I've heard good things from you and other people. I just feel like after, if I have way too much protein and fat, like my body's like, Rrr. I don't feel well, that energy. It, no, it does that for the first three days. Okay. You, you, the, like the like the third day, you, you just push. You feel like, ugh. And then like day four, like you'll wake up, day four, wake up, have like, have like four ounces of steak or six ounces of steak. And then at lunch, have some fish and then dinner, chicken. Mm-hmm. And then you'll go into the next day feeling like, dude, everything's up. Like, your energy you'll you have a sleep like any if you have any inflammation like that goes away hmm. like your libido goes up like I, dude i felt like superman day four okay and then and then like my workouts like dude i've i can't even believe it but like i can free weight mm-hmm. 245 pound dumbbells on each side i'm nice. benching multiple reps like not just one like multiple reps like five reps uh three sets like in in a matter of like no time i got to that like okay well maybe i'll give it a try for september i, I was going to tell you about this when you asked because this will be good hopefully uh this will spread if you wouldn't mind sharing on social media when i post it but i did it back in 2019 and then i got really into cycling and then you know the last you know personal stuff you know last year's been riff, yeah which is but this year getting back into it that's why i want to start training in august for um it's called the Great Cycle Challenge, um, and it's to raise money uh, that goes to uh, finding a cure for cancer, but specifically it benefits kids with cancer. So mm. their families, mm. uh, their treatment while they're in the hospital, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. uh, not only research for the cure, but to help out the, help what's out the, the kids. What's the, what's the organization? Uh, it's just called the Great Cycle Challenge. Great Cycle Challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it raises, all... where does the money go, though? Uh, I'll have Does it to go send, to ACS? I'll have to send you the link. It's got I so I went through it last time I did. I was able to raise five thousand. Nice. Uh, I'll send you all the information of like you know where it comes from, where it yeah. goes, how they how it gets allocated. Do you cycle? Um, do you go cycle? Mm-hmm. You try to uh, you try to you know you put I'm going to do so many miles, and then you try to accomplish that. I was sh- just shy, but it's because I was also new to cycling when I did it. I I almost like went into toxic shock. I found out. How so, many miles did you try to do? So I was gonna do four hundred and twenty, right? Four twenty, bro. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I thought that was kind of you know cheeky or whatever. And so I did the math. I was like, okay, if I average, like, if I can, you know, on an easy day, if I do like fifteen miles a day, I can get there. How how many days do you have to do it? Well, I was tr- planning on doing it every day, but this was in June in Dallas, and I was new to cycling, and I didn't realize I needed to give myself some rest period in between because I was like 15 miles that's nothing because I was getting up to 20 30 miles and um yeah. you know you got to let yourself rest you got to let yourself purge like the proteins and the lactic acid and all that kind of stuff and I was dumb because I was just taking water on my rides I wasn't taking electrolytes mm. I wasn't taking like a, a snack bar you know an energy bar or right. something like that and so it just built up built up built up and one day I felt awful dude and my friend I had a like a meeting for a restaurant thing at a coffee shop my friend she's like are you gonna die? It's <laughs> like I feel like it. She's like, I'm worried about From you. From lactic bro. acid, just the my. I, she's like, you looked yeah. pale and horrible. Dude, it's crazy. I've I've gotten kind of sick from lactic acid before. But... Well, I did an at home IV service, and and the people that do it are off duty, like nurses, fire yeah, yeah, yeah. EMTs, whatever. And he was like, you're lucky I came here. He's like, if you went to the ER, this is what they would do for you. But like, 
He's like, do not go riding your bike for four to five days. Don't do uh, any exercise for wow. 45 Yeah. He's like, you just built all that stuff and your kidneys can't purge it and stuff. Holy but shit. this time I'm going to be smarter. Yeah. I probably won't try to do 420 miles for the month. <laughs> you were going to you were gonna try and do 425, 420 miles in a month. It's achievable, but just not, I wasn't very well trained for you. And like I said, I wasn't, I was very. Like Lance Armstrong does steroids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was very novice. <laughs> I was dumb. You're like, I haven't trained at all. I'm going to get on this bike and do 420 yeah, I got miles. It. I got, got it. this. 30 days, no problem. I'm just a chef. I eat <laughs> butter every day. <laughs> yeah. No, but maybe I'll try the, the meat diet. I say I say this. Try it for two weeks. See how it goes. See how you feel. Okay. Because for me, I documented it. And in 22 days, I went from having no pack back to having a six pack. Okay. In 22 days. And I was doing less workout than I was doing before. Mm -hmm. Before I started the diet, all of December, I hired a trainer. And I was in the gym every day with this trainer. And like, and she was pushing me. I was sweating. I was hurting. Like, I was sore. I was like trying to call in sick. She's like, no, get your ass to the gym. <laughs> and I'm like, I took this photo of myself. And I'm like, man, this is not where I want to be. What mm -hmm. do I got? And I'm like, okay, I got to tr try my diet. I was like, yeah. I'm working out. And I'm not getting the result. I could try my diet. So, 22 days of carnivore diet, I, I looked like a different person. I was like, and I felt different. Okay. I felt different. So, I mean, obviously, you know, like we've got to regulate the booze too. And, you know, that's what you called me last week. I was like, I took the week off. But, dude, I took the whole week off. No, like, and, and like, look, I don't like drink a lot, but it's like at the end of the night, you, you're just like, I just need to wind and, down. Yeah. Well, and also, you just want to wind down. Like, as chefs in the kitchen, we're like, we're creating our brain is going we're physically mm -hmm. moving we're managing like it's a lot and then you're like i just want have a little sip of tequila and yeah. crash it's so late you need to like you need to find something that helps you come down from right. that rush and yeah. i can't and i can't smoke like it just uh, i can't function the next day after mm -hmm. smoking so i'll have a little sip of tequila but i took the whole week off dude like the sugar headache like after after like i got it all out of my system like mm -hmm. the detox of a week Dude, it hurt so bad. I was like, oh, it hurt. Oh, yeah, like a detox sugar headache? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the worst. That sounds horrible. Yeah. But you'll you'll have that happen when you do just the meat, too, mm -hmm. because all the... But then, like, vegetables end up tasting so sweet. Like, now when I eat a carrot, it like it's like frosting sweet. Whoa. It's wild. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you know. I, tr I tried it because I've also tried everything, and I didn't try it just because Joe Rogan talks about it. Like, my... I have stunt man friends that they're like, when I need to carve weight and shred and get ready for a movie, they're like, this is what we do. And okay. I was like, wow, okay. Uh, so I tried it. And, you know, he's like, and like my buddy Holland, he's like, you know, you got to do more than just like chicken and steak and fish. He's like, you got to do organ meats. You got to get those. And, and then supplement. Different fats, different types of levels of protein and cholesterol, right? Well, that and just the the, the vitamins that you get in like mm. the in the organ meats and stuff. But that's why I, I fucking drink these things. Like, look at look at the back of this can. What it's, is it? These are, again, these guys need to be sponsoring me. Uh, <laughs> free plug, Celsius. Do the amount of vitamins that are in this. Like, I swear this is the reason I haven't gotten nice. COVID. Anyway. Speaking of drinks, should we go grab a drink? Hell yeah. All right, bro. I'm ready after that anchovy paste. <laughs> I still taste it a little bit. <laughs> uh, you're a good sport. I had, I had fun doing that with you because I, I knew like I could give I could feed you anything and you'd go for it. I should have. I should have got weirder. 
Hey, I'll come back around too. Yeah, you did a good job. Uh, yeah. All right, buddy. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to A Bunch of Losers with me, Derek Fox. Uh, please comment below. Uh, if you guys have questions for any of these guests, I'm sure they would love to answer, and I'll answer as well. So let me know below. Also, you know what to do. Like, share, subscribe, and then also make sure you're following us on Instagram, A Bunch of Losers with Derek Fox, so you get the update on the new episodes. We will be launching them weekly. All right. Thanks, losers. Action.